You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. How are we to live lives of love? Find out in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Just to give us a short recap, uh, for the past two weeks until next week, we're going to be going to the first uh, John, the book of First John, and we've been talking about living in the following: living in the light, living in righteousness. Uh, living in love, which is today, and next week we're going to be talking about living in victory. Today, we're going to be talking about love. Now, how many of you have ever been loved? <coughs> Hindi yung been in love, ha? Okay? How many of you have ever been loved? You received love from someone. Can you please raise your hand? You know, I think that should be all of us. Right? You know, it doesn't matter whether you've given love to somebody, whether you're married or single. I think the fact that you're here is tantamount of saying that you have received uh, such. You have been given love. You have received love. Not just on Christmas Day, by the way, but on a regular basis. You know, when you talk about love, you know, this is, you know, we're going to talk about love. Yeah, that's, that's a symbol of love. It's hard. We're not going to talk about love as a relationship between a husband and a wife or between couples, but we're going to talk about love in general. We're going to talk about the why we can love. And is it really possible for us to love and the how-tos of love? You know, we're commanded to love. We're called to love. But how many of you will say that sometimes it's hard to love? Isn't it? How many of you sometimes have people around you that are so unlovable? And you're seated beside them right now. No, no, no. You're not seated beside them right now. You know, some, some of you have some people in your life that are so obnoxious. That are so irritating. That are so offending. How many of you have some people like that? I think God placed those people around you so that He can teach you how to love. Huh. That might be a lesson for us. You know, we are commanded to love. We're called to love. In fact, you know, last uh, two weeks ago, we, we said that God is light and we are children of light. Last week, we talked about that God is a righteous God and we are also called to walk in righteousness. How many of you know that God is love? How many of you are convinced that God is love? Come on now. God is love. It didn't say that God has love. God is the personification of love. He does not just have love. He is love. He's love himself. You know, when you talk about love, he is love personified. He is the fullness of love. But sometimes, how many of you sometimes feel that you ran out of love? And you sing the song, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Maybe because we think about love differently. Maybe we think about that where we see love or look at love from a different angle. Maybe you look at love from the world's point of view. Because when the world loves, the world loves differently. The, the love from the world, how many of you would agree with me that the love from the world is very uh, many times superficial? Babao. There's no depth. It's so veneer. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, you kind of like, you just, I like you because you look beautiful. It's, it's like that, no? You know, but when you grow old and you have wrinkles and you have gray hair or no hair, it's superficial. The world's way of love is so selfish. 
It's what's in it for me. I love you as long as I'm going to get something out from you. That's the way of the world. I'm going to give you love as long as I can get something out from you. If I cannot get anything from you anymore, I move on to the next person. Next! That's the way of the world. Very selfish. It's not sustainable. You know, the way the world love is not sustainable. Sometimes you, you really feel that, you know, you're, you're, you're running out of, of, of emotions for this person because many times when you talk about love, it's based on feeling. And we're going to talk about that more. You know, you know, for example, how many of you would be able to recognize whether a couple walking in the mall is married or they're just boyfriend-girlfriend? You know, when they're married, many times, yeah, they just walk together, right? They walk, depending on the number of years they're together. <laughs> if they're married for a year, they walk hand in hand, side by side. Yeah, right? Yeah. H-H-W-W. Holding hands while walking. If they're like married for five years, the measurement is like five meters apart. You hold the kids, I'm going to go ahead. You follow me. Now, if it's 15 years or 20 years apart, I'll see you next time, okay? I'll go there, I'll see you in an hour, okay? But if it's boyfriend, girlfriend, many times they always show PDF. You know what I mean? Public display of what? Of affection. You know, you see this couple, you know, you, you don't know if... <laughs> Lord, help them. <laughs> help me not to look at them. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you can't help by saying, Hey! Mag-control kayo. But how I wish it's the married couples who's doing that. Not in the mall. <laughs> Get a room, okay? But, no, but you know, in your home, or at least express your love and affection. By the way, this is not going to be a, a couple seminar or a Valentine's message. We're not going to talk about really, but this bleeds to different kinds of relationship because this is going to be the theme of the whole book of First John, which is love. And so I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. This is really going to be an exciting uh, preaching this afternoon. I believe that all of us, you know, would like to know how it is to receive love and give love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 11 to 18. It says, This is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a 
murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, next verse. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with what? With actions and in truth. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God of love. And Lord, we ask that you would open up our hearts to know and to receive first your love so that we can give the same kind of love, unconditional, selfless love to our brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that this may also be a time of healing, a time of renewing our minds, a time of even renewing our hearts. And we thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, even today, may your name be glorified through the preaching of your word. We ask, Lord God, that you would bless everyone so that they will not be hindered in understanding the word of God today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. All right. Um, you know, if you look at First John, this is really a book study of First John. And let's look at the Apostle John, okay? I have a picture of John, not the real picture of John. Just a TV version picture of John. This uh, photo or this picture was taken from the Bible series that was shown last year, I think, in the U.S. Uh, in History Channel, uh, entitled The Bible. And this particular character played the, the role of John. Now, if you look at John, John is known as the apostle that Jesus loved. He is also nicknamed John the Beloved. He is the one who wrote about love more than any other gospel writers. In fact, if you look at his gospel writing, you know, if go, let's go first to Matthew. Matthew, when he quoted the word love, he used the word love eight times. Mark is known to be an action writer, an action gospel writer, and he used the word love five times. When you talk about uh, Luke, Luke used the word love 13 times. But guess how many times John quoted the word love in all his writings? 72 times. And that's why, you know, when it comes to love, he is the authority because he saw love personified and he was writing about this person that he encountered and his name is Jesus. And that's why he was taking the time and if you unpack his letters, his letter is really pointing to this person and it's really about the message of love. In fact, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, it says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. And what's that message? That we should love one another. And where did this message come from? This came from the very words of Christ. And John was basically making a dissertation or, or presentation in his letters. In fact, he quoted this and he said this three times in 1 John chapter 1. He said, and this is the message you've heard, that God is light. We read that in the first week. 
Last week, he was, you know, we were quoting, you know, that this is the message in, in 1 John chapter 2. That, you know, I don't give you a new command. This is an old command. The same message that I have given you. And now he's saying the same thing. This is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. In fact, if you look at Christianity, Christianity all begins with love. The beginning point of Christianity is love itself. When someone asks Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? We all know the greatest commandments, right? What's the first one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he said the second is like that first one. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, how many of you know that it's harder to love your neighbor than yourself? How many of you will agree with me on that? That's why Jesus said that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how many of you love yourself? Please raise your hand. Learning to love yourself. It is the greatest love of all. According to the song, right? It is not. Okay? But sometimes, it is just the natural thing to do. We don't think about it. We just do it. We just love ourselves. How many of you love yourself? I mean, how many of you will feed yourself later for dinner? How many of you will do that? How many of you will sleep later? How many of you will brush your teeth because you love yourself later? I mean, we take care of ourselves. Many times we think about ourselves ahead of others. And, you know, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. You should love the others the same way you love yourself. You know, many times we are like young children and maybe when you were in elementary you used to write in your i don't know maybe i was that age that i used to write in the slum book there's, there's no slum book anymore right it's facebook already how many of you young people still know what slum book is yes oh okay Thank you for updating me. Now, you know, some, some of the questions that's written there is, you know, what is love, right? You know, and remember that? You know, we're writing those, you know, love is, you know, love is blind and love is this, love is that. And so, you know, sometimes you write in your notebook and if you see somebody who's so attractive, you know, in grade one, I like her. And then you write her name and you say, I love you. Kind of like this, I love you. But then she did not, you know, notice you. And then you X out the love, I hate you, you know. It's kind of like that. And if that is not checked, guess what? When you grow up, it's kind of like that. But when you're offended, you X out the love and you replace the love with hate. And it's so, I know it's so trivial, but many times... That's really how we deal with relationships. If you don't scratch my back, I won't scratch yours. If you don't meet my needs, I won't meet your needs. If you don't say hi, I won't say hi forever, you know. It's like closing the door already. You know, like this morning, I was telling my wife, I think I used many times the example of, you know, sometimes the people who can hurt you the most are those people who's closest to you, Right? And, you know, I used before the illustration of, you know, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if this girl or, you know, who's handing me the ticket, you know, if he calls me, you know, you look fat or you look ugly, you know, I don't care about that, you know, because I don't know her. 
But this morning, when I got the ticket from this attendant, she greeted me. Good morning, pastor. I said, whoa. I better be careful. <laughs> She's attending our church. And it's, you know, I, I'm saying this because it's about, it's, everything is about relationships. When you deal with love, it's all about relationships. You know, the world's definition of love, and where did you get this definition? It's simple. You know, go to Merriam-Webster. And I just opened it, and, you know, the world defines love as an intense feeling or deep affection. In fact, love in the eyes of the world is a noun. It's a feeling. As long as I have feelings for you, I love you. If I run out of feelings for you, oh, I'm going to think about it. And how many of you would agree with me that emotions and feelings are so inconsistent? Sometimes you wake up with a high note. Woohoo! Sometimes you wake up with a bad hair day. <laughs> and with a big pimple. You know, it's, you know, it's so unstable. Emotions are so unstable. You know, and you hear, you know, I, I love you. And you know, sometimes we interchange love with, you know, I love ice cream. Or I love chocolates. Or I love fried chicken. I mean, is that really the definition of love? How can you have relationship with a chicken? <laughs> I mean, can you meet my needs? Yeah, you can feed me for a while, but you know, how can I give to you? Hello. And sometimes we use words like, you know, make love or fall in love. If you can fall in love, you can fall out of love. You know, you don't make love. Right? You know, you can make pizzas. You don't fall in love, you fall into a hole. And sometimes you get confused with these nice terms and semantics, and you know, we, we have all these Hollywood lines. We're not going to go into that. But the biblical definition of love is when you look at love, there are four Greek definitions of love or four kinds of love. It's eros. Everybody say eros. Eros is where we get the word erotic. Now, let me just clarify. It's not the negative erotic that you are thinking about. This is the romantic kind of love. This is the love between a man and a woman. A love that actually talks about the, you know, a, a deep knowledge of a person. In fact, this is the only way that you can express this love is between a husband and a wife. In Genesis chapter 4, if you can read the version of ESV, it says, Adam knew his wife and Eve conceived and bore a child. It talks about intimacy, eros, more than just the physical act. Because when you do the physical act, it means that it is so intimate and you know that person the way that nobody on earth knows that person. Are you getting it? Phileo. Everybody say phileo. Phileo is uh, not the filet fried chicken, okay? Phileo is a brotherly kind of love. Or a friend. The love of a friend is phileo. Okay? How many of you have a phileo kind of love? Please raise your hand. Wala kayong kaibigan. Awawa naman kayo. Di ba? I believe all of us have a filet kind of love, right? When you, when you have a friend, you love this friend. You'll serve that friend. You'll be loyal to that friend. 
The next word is storge. Everybody say storge. I don't know how to pronounce it. Storge, storge, or storge for English. Okay, storge. I think. Okay, storge is the protective kind of love. It's the fatherly kind of love. It's a familial kind of love. It's the love that is expressed between family members, a, a parent to a child. That's the storge kind of love. And the last one is the most popular kind of love. You know this, agape. Everybody say agape. Okay, it comes from the word agapao or ag agapao. Not shopao, okay? Agapao, agape is the unconditional, selfless kind of love. Okay? This is the always giving, never expecting to receive kind of love. And how many of you wish that you know how to express this kind of love, agape kind of love? Come on now. Just a few of you. How many of you would like to receive such a kind of love, agape kind of love? I believe that's all of us. In fact, if you look at these four kinds of love, there's no other relationship here on earth that can actually experience that except the relationship between a marriage, a man and a woman. Eros, phileo, you can actually be best buddies. Storge, you want to protect each other. And agape, it's an unconditional kind of love that you want to serve that person till death do us part. In fact, you may be wondering, ano ba talaga yung love? You said so many things, Pastor. But what is love? How many of you want to know what love is? I want you to show me. I want to be what love is. All right. Thank you so much, guys. This is how we know what love is. Not from foreigner, by the way. But Jesus Christ laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And that is the real kind of love. Amen. Easy to say, hard to do. That's why I want to unpack this a bit. I mean, why can we do this? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, verse 11. Can we just read this out loud? Everybody, one, two, three. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's the answer. Why can we love? Because God loved us. Very simple. Because God is a source of love. You are not a source of love. Many times your source is unlimited. But how many of you know if God is your source, that's an unlimited source of love. And if God is our source, then love becomes independent of the person that we are giving it to and dependent on the person we are getting it from. Did you get that? I mean, if God is our source, so when, you're, when you're saying, if I'm supposed to give love, but pastor, this person does not deserve love. It doesn't matter. Because your source is not yourself. Your source is God. And this person may not deserve this. And I don't want to trivialize whatever offense or whatever crime that was done against you. And I want to be sensitive here. 
Is it really possible for a friend to forgive another friend who betrayed him by stealing his girlfriend? Mm. Let's take it further. Is it possible for us to forgive somebody who has brought infidelity in our marriage? That's hard. That's tough. And I don't want to trivialize that. That's hard. But yet, if you realize that God is our source, God's grace will overflow and flood our heart. I'm not saying to you that you forget everything. What I'm saying is that we can still go and love anybody despite the fact what they did to us. By the way, there's a big difference between love and like. I love you, but I don't like you. And then, and then. But that's true. God commands us to love. Because love is not based on feelings. Love is an action word. Love is born more than just emotions. And many times, you are commanded to love whether you feel it or not. And it is possible that sometimes you're saying to somebody, Yes, I love you, but I don't like you at this time. May God's grace overflow in our relationship. I remember attending a wedding a couple of years ago. A wedding of a couple, a young couple in this church. They were so excited because they got engaged. And, you know, I found, we found out that the bride was not able to grow up with a father. In fact, the story was the bride... Uh, when she was a young girl, the father and the mother separated and, you know, actually not a baby, not even a young girl. When she was newly born, I think uh, they were separated by their parents. They were never married. And uh, the mom decided to raise her up on her own. And the father went, went away. And so when the wedding is almost near, and when, when the wedding was near... The, the groom and the, the bride talked about what they will do in order for them to be able to at least meet her dad. And the bride longed to see her father. And so the groom-to-be said, I'm going to help you finding, uh, in finding your dad. Thanks to Google Person Finder or whatever, they finally were able to locate the father. Guess where? In the U.S. They know the name. But yet, when they typed the name, several names went out. So they started calling each name one at a time in order to check if he was her dad. Can you imagine receiving a call? If you are the dad, if you are, you know, if you're regular, you know, hello, are you my father? I'm father, father. Hello? You know, they went through several states, several names, until finally there's this guy who acknowledged, yeah, I, I remember. I remember when we were in this, you know, this age, and I remember the, you know, my, my girlfriend. How are you? And they started exchanging emails. They started calling one another. And finally, the day of the wedding came, and the father wanted to be there in the wedding. And so he tried, he made it. What happened was, it was so tight, the schedule, that when he arrived from the airport, he went straight to the wedding. And before the guests, the bride was just so happy that she saw her father for the very first time in her life. 
Never received any support from this man. Never received any affirmation growing up. Never received anything from this man. And she started honoring him before the people. And this is what she said. Dad, I am glad that you're here. I thank the Lord for the relationship that we have. He has touched our hearts. His timing is always perfect. Thank you for calling me, for sending me cards, for checking on me once in a while. I am excited and delighted every time I receive a call from you. Seeing you for the first time now, I am speechless. My heart is just filled with joy I just can't contain. I miss you, Dad. Whatever happens, you will always be my daddy, the best I could ever have. I love you. I mean, if you are that girl, would you actually be able to speak those words if you don't know the source of love? Maybe some of us would actually not even allow him to come to the wedding door. Chura mulang. Tinapun mo ako habang ginto ako. This girl was just full of love. And she said, I'm going to honor my dad before everybody else. I mean, before everybody in this wedding. And she did. You see, love is not dependent on the person that you're giving the love to. It's so dependent on the person you're getting the love from. Okay, you may go ahead and wipe your tears right now. God is our source. And how many of you acknowledge that many times it's just so difficult to love? How many of you feel that sometimes it is difficult to love? Please raise your hand. It's just so difficult to love. But yet, there is always a way for us to express our love. Why can we love? Because God is our source. Also, no one has ever seen God. Verse uh, 12, it says, but, we, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him and He is in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And in verse 14 it says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Why can we love that only is God our source? but also we experienced God's love. And how many of you have received God's love in your life? Hola. Amen. I mean, that's all of us. We've experienced, we've received God's love. And how can you receive and experience God's love? Through your blessings. How many of you received a blessing from the Lord at least once in your lifetime? That came from Him. In our blessings, in our successes in life. You know, I, I'm not sure what you will think if you see a turtle on a post. If you're driving down the road and if you see a turtle on a post. Man, what would you think? How did it get there? Surely it did not climb by itself. How many of you that turtles cannot climb a post? Somebody placed it there. And many times, when God brings us into a place of honor, in a place of recognition, in a place of success, 
we need to think that we're kind of like that turtle on a post. We need to think that, you know, it's not just me who made it up here. Somebody surely placed me here. And it sure is wise to acknowledge that it is God who placed us there. Amen. <laughs> At least the purple had, the turtle had a nice view. <laughs> I wonder how it will go down from there. <laughs> In our successes, we experience the, the love of God. But how many of you know that also, even through pain and suffering, we have experienced the love of God in our life. Many times we just receive the blessings and the success from God. But Lord, pass muna ako sa pain. Pass muna ako sa suffering. I don't like that. But guess what? We experience even the love of God through our pains and through our suffering. You know, there's this girl, a teenage girl in the U.S. named Ashley Blocker. And if you read her story, if you find her story on the internet, if you look at her picture, she's just a regular, she looks like a regular teenage girl. But there's one particular thing that's unique about Ashlyn, and she's probably the only one who's sick with this congenital disease. It's called congenital insensitivity to pain. She does not feel pain at all. She's kind of like Wolverine. No, no, but she's... Literally, there's no pain. In fact, one time, she was cooking noodles in the kitchen. And as she was cooking, she was holding the fork. She accidentally dropped the fork in the boiling water. You know what she did? Instinctively, she just got it straight. And then, looked for the fork in the pot of, pot of boiling water. And took it out. And he said, oh, I realized, mom... I got the fork. From where? From the boiling water. And the mom rushed to her and she said, I don't feel anything. But when the mom checked, she was really burnt in her hand. That's the problem with not feeling pain. Because how many of you know that pain was given to us by God so that we can know when to stop? Pain is a warning for us. Pain is actually good for us. There was a time in her life when she was a young girl and the mom was recounting this story that she actually broke her ankle for two days. She was running and she was... <laughs> she was running around the house and the mom is saying, what's happening to me? Ah, I'm just happy. She's not feeling any pain. Even with her broken ankle. She could lose her arm and she could lose her limbs without any warning and not feel any pain. That's the problem with asking the Lord, take the pain away. <laughs> Don't ever pray that prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. Just very quickly, how do we love? And this is now getting practical. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with what? Actions and in truth. That's in the NIV version. In the ESV version, it says, Little children, let us love 
or let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. How do we do this? Once again, by forgiving. We read this word or this text from verse 12. It says, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Remember the story of Cain and Abel? We don't have to go there in depth. Abel offered a sacrifice that's better than Cain. And he was so jealous with his brother because God gave favor to Abel instead of his offering. And what did, Abel, what did Cain do to Abel? Murdered him. Killed him. Just like that. First murder that ever happened. That's why the Apostle John followed up in a few verses after that. Anyone who hates his brother is a what? Murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life. <laughs> pastor, Pastor, excuse me. Can you clarify? Are you saying that if I hate somebody, I am a murderer? Hate equals murder. I mean, how can you say that? Even though you're a murderer, Pastor. You know, when you're murdering, you know, you're actually killing and, you know, you're ending the life of an individual physically, yes. But that might lead to it if you have hate. In fact, it was not only John who said this, it was Jesus who said this originally in Matthew chapter 5. And he said, you have heard it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is what? Angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Is that really possible? Maybe some of you have heard the news that happened last week, May 23, in Santa Barbara, California, about this young man, 22 years old. His name is Elliot Rogers. What he did was he actually wrote a 172-page manifesto of his hate and declaration of vengeance against women, particularly, because what he said was, they rejected me, even if I am good-looking. I mean, if you check out the YouTube video, his last video before he went on a rampage, what he did was first, he killed three of his roommates, stabbed them to death. He went to a sorority house with a gun, and he wanted to kill all the girls in that sorority house. Good thing the sorority house did not let him in. So he actually pointed the gun to girls that are walking into the sorority house. Killed two girls on the spot. Then he went into a convenience store, I think. Was, you know, doing a shooting spree. Killed one young man and he was being chased by the police. And I think that was his BMW. Eventually, when he crashed into another car, decided to end himself, his life. He was the son of the assistant director that actually directed Hunger Games. And I wonder if that had an effect in his life. Maybe not. But it's said that from the time that he was growing up, he had all this hatred and anger. And it can be read inside a 172-page manifesto that he wrote. And even the video that he took, hate eventually led to murder you know sometimes if you don't check 
our bitterness, our resentment, okay lang naman yan eh. Guess what? It adds up. If you don't know how to let go and to forgive, it all adds up. We need to forgive. Don't be like Cain. Second way on how we can show love is through kindness. Everybody say, through kindness. And this is really very practical. This is love in action. And the Apostle John said, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? It's so simple. If there's a brother in need, go and help that brother. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, it says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it, when it is in your power to act. In fact, if you look at the Elizabethan English of the word love, King James' Bible uses this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, And these three remains, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. That's in the NIV. But in the King James, it says, These three remains, faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. In fact, in the Old English, it says, Love is equal to charity. Hindi yung PCSO, ah. Charity is stake. But real charity, giving, helping in need. And the last way to love is through selfless, unconditional sacrifice that we can only give through an agape form of love to our brothers and sisters. Share this several times in weddings and there's a story of this very beautiful woman who's married to a man who just adores her for who she is. Many people are really attracted because of her beauty. Fortunately, unfortunately, one time she met an accident and she crashed her car against something and she accidentally banged her face on the dashboard, thus needing several surgery. I mean, several stitches to, rec uh, to re reconstruct her face. When the doctors were doing the reconstruction, she was so fearful that her husband will never accept her anymore and love her anymore. Finally, when she was in the recovery room and the doctors were about to take off the bandages around her face, the husband was there in the room waiting to see how she would look. With all this fear, she was wanting to see the reaction of the husband. And as the doctor was taking it off, they realized that half of her face became paralyzed because of the accident. And so her lips became crooked and the rest of her face was crooked. And so she was looking at her husband and the husband was staring at her and the husband said these words to her, you're cute. <laughs> and with those words, the husband made his face crooked just like the wife's crooked face. She was crooked on her left. She, he made his crooked on his, on his right, you know, lips. And with his crooked lips, he kissed his wife's crooked lips. That is what love is. It's the ability to kiss a crooked face with your crooked face. Because love is unconditional. It's not dependent on what that person can give to us. It's always dependent on what we can give to others. Going back to this scripture, 
John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. An unconditional, selfless kind of love. Many times it's undeserved by the other party, but yet we still give it anyway. Going back to my first illustration of PDA, Sometimes you get irritated with seeing the PDAs outside in the mall, public display. There is a biblical form of PDA. And this is found at the cross. The greatest public display of affection was done by Jesus Christ. When He unashamedly has given His life, He sacrificed His life gave his life and he said these last words it is finished your debt is paid your sin is cancelled and I give you eternal life my death for your life your sin for my righteousness there was a divine exchange and how many of you know that that is the greatest public display of affection that we can ever receive from anyone on this earth Next time we are faced with a situation of us needing to express our love to another person, let's remember this picture. Let's remember this PDA. Lord, I, I'm incapable of giving this kind of love to this person. He or she irritates me, or he did this to me. Or whatever crime that was in the past. I don't know. You might need to go through inner healing and deliverance. You need to go through some counseling or prayers. But I believe it all starts from this. You got to know the source. The source is God who has given us full of His love. And if you're, if you're looking for a take-home point, it's this. God's unconditional love for us compels us to love others. Amen. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts on our website at www.victoryalabang.org or by downloading the Victory Alabang app on your Apple or Android mobile devices. For updates, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you and stay connected.